Hi, my name's Tim. I'm the editor of Sega Mania magazine. Hi, my name's Sam from Sega Mania magazine. Hi, this is Steve from Sega Mania magazine. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to, to the Sega, Sega Lounge. Welcome to the Sega Lounge, a podcast dedicated to our love for all things Sega, be it the games, the music, or the community. I'm KC. In each episode, I'll be talking to different guests and sharing their projects and their passion for Sega. Hello and welcome to the Sega Lounge, your number something podcast for Sega talk and fun. Yes, number something. Although I did get some messages of people sharing their Spotify wrapped lists with the Sega Lounge in the top position. Wow, thank you so much to those who listen to this podcast every week. And I would love to see more of those posts, so do please tag us on Twitter or Instagram if you're willing to share. We're at the Sega Lounge over there. This week's show is the final interview we're doing this season. After this, we're doing two more episodes before we close the doors of the lounge for the year. Stick around until the end when I'll be sharing what those special themed episodes will be. Also, if this is your first time around here, please follow the Sega Lounge on your podcast app of choice and you'll get access to not only all of our future episodes, but our back catalogue of wonderful guests and challenges too. So who graced us with their presence for this The Last Interview of the Season? This week, I'm joined by Tim, Sam, and Steve from the Sega Mania magazine team. Tim and Sam are the co-founders of this Sega-centric magazine, one that has a very particular and original approach to the company's history. The guys were a blast to talk to and told me all about how this project came to be and even shared some exclusive info on what to expect to see on their next issue. By the way, the most recent edition of Sega Mania, issue 3, is currently available to order from their website. Hello guys, welcome to the Sega Lounge. Welcome, we have the Sega Mania magazine team here with us. So, would you like to introduce yourselves, one at a time, please? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, my name's Tim. I'm the editor and co-founder of Sega Mania magazine, and very happy to be here. Happy to have you. I'm Sam. Uh, I don't really have a title at the magazine, actually. Just kind of do do whatever. Uh, you're, the, you're, but, yeah. the, you're the other co-founder, Sam. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember now. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. <laughs> Hi, I'm Steve. Uh, I'm a uh, writer on uh, Sega Mania magazine. I've actually just recently joined, so I'm blinking into the light um, and uh, very, very pleased to be here. Excellent. Excellent. Welcome. Welcome to the show, guys. It's a pleasure to have you on, on the Sega Lounge and talk about um, this awesome magazine. This this has been a long time coming, right, Tim? We've, yeah. we've uh, struggled to get a, a, a decent time that worked for, for all of us, but I'm, I'm really glad that we, we finally made it. Um, so let's start. I usually start by letting people uh, tell me a little bit about themselves. Uh, like personally, but let's start from another angle so we can keep things interesting. What is Sega Mania? What is the Sega Mania magazine? 
the hardest question of all. Yeah, that is that a hard question. Sounds like one for you, Tim. <laughs> I'm not 100. I'm not 100 percent 100 percent sure we know anymore. It's been a bit of a week of disillusionment. Um, we sent out a customer survey, and that was a mistake. <laughs> um, it it is basically um, uh, nostalgia squashed into 64 pages. Um, uh, all of us, I think, are in the middle of a midlife crisis, and we dream of those days of old of you know getting games and games magazines as kids. Um, and we just kind of want to we kind of wanted to bottle that up and put that into print really and sega is uh you know a big passion for all of us so that that was the the target topic and um the magazine structure we we do one year per issue start we started in 1990 for issue one um and then 1991 for issue two and 1992 for issue three <clears throat> i really wish we'd made the numbers match the years it would have been so much easier to remember um <laughs> and yeah it, it it's just a it, the the main focus of it really is is just to be to bring those years of Sega uh, back to life uh, as a nostalgic experience for um, older readers who were there during the time and and as a window into that world for newer readers who weren't weren't around in in the nineties um, uh, you know and that's why we include things like television shows and movies mm-hmm. um, alongside the games to to really try and um, not just bring the games back into uh, into focus but also the time times in which uh, they were released to me the 90s feels like it's still only 10 years ago but you know in reality tell me about it yeah <laughs> we're close to 30 years or longer now is it 30 years My yeah God. not far off and um it really was a different time and uh, you know we just want to try and capture that and and sort of bring that era back to life that, that's that's how i feel about sega mania magazine whether we achieve that or not uh, is up for debate, but that's what we're aiming to do. Uh, yeah, that that that's what Sega Mania is to me. Mm-hmm. Any any different thoughts from Sam or Steve? I wouldn't yeah. dare contradict or insult leader. <laughs> <laughs> I know my place. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, it's quite cool. Uh, we're treating it like a, a time capsule, really. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know what you see is what you get and, and obviously Sega's on the cover and it's it, you know it's it's mostly Sega magazine it, you know it's game reviews it's uh hardware that came out at the time and it, obviously it's very very focused on that but I like to uh to look at it like Tim says it's almost like this 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 window into what things were like back then and we've you know we covered the tv shows we got various like music pages and sort of it's kind of crisscross without wanting to focus on ourselves too much there's a lot of anecdotal stuff because obviously we we're all alive at the time and they were very formative years for all of us especially when it comes to how we all got into to video games to begin with and it's just trying to recapture that era really and uh i think we try and do the writing style so that it reflects that although it does it does tend to uh contradict itself sometimes i think it was, we write things sometimes as if oh these games just came out you know now and we're reviewing them as if they're new but then in other parts of the magazine we're very self-aware and sort of uh, you know completely aware that it's uh it's it's a uh, look back at things mm-hmm. and a nostalgic look but it, we think we've kind of made it work uh that sort of that style and uh i think you know we've we've got some really good positive feedback like Tim was saying from from the readers okay. who, who really like that as well even if it's uh, a little inconsistent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a bit like uh there's a, a bit of a, that tongue-in-cheek feel of 
magazines from the 90s, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that was something when I started it, or when we started it, when I started it, somebody started it. So, so we probably shouldn't have started it, but here we are. Um, uh, <laughs> when, when we first started it, uh, that was the thing that I wanted to bring into the magazine the most was the the tongue-in-cheek uh uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure whether I, we can swear on this podcast. I'm terrible for that, so please stop me if I do. Um, uh, it was to they used to uh, uh, make fun of their readers, be a little bit silly, be a little bit controversial. And mm-hmm. when I was, you know, in ninety, well, <clears throat> I'm thirty six now, so I was, I was, um, so I was ten in nineteen ninety five. Um, and when I picked magazines like that up off the shelves, um. I almost felt a little bit naughty reading them, like I shouldn't be reading them. They 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 came across as quite adult, um, and we, we kind of wanted to bring some of that sort of cheekiness with us into our magazine. And I think we reflect that quite well in the writing. We never we never in, aim to insult anyone or attack anyone. That's not what we're about. But you know, we, we kind of we like to have fun with our writing a little bit, and that is an homage to to those older magazines. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So I think we're all around the same age. So I'm 37. So we're probably all around that that same uh, time period. We're all old now. Not, yeah. not sure if you've noticed yet. <laughs> Starting to. It's, it's very, very sad, but it, it's it's true. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're obviously all nostalgic for, for the 90s and, uh, you know, th- that era of video games. So um, rewinding a little bit. And starting from the beginning now, uh, what were your personal experiences with video games back in the '90s? So let's maybe let's switch it up a, a bit and start with Sam. Would you like to tell us how you got into video games and uh, what was your experience with Sega, particularly? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, in the first issue of the magazine, I talk about this because we have a section at the start where we all talk about ourselves a bit, and and obviously with issue one, it was all about this kind of thing. Um, and it was um, uh, one Christmas morning. I forget which one it was, um, but I've actually, um, by chance, just found a picture that my mum dug out of, of me opening uh, a Master System 2 uh, on, on my living room, living room floor, on my hands and knees, uh, tearing through the packaging. Um, and that was it for me. Um, that, that was the main crux of the first column that I did. It was sort of opening that, being completely blown away by it. Uh, and and that was even before I got out of the box, you know, and then and then plugging it in and just it just opened up that world um i'm sure you know you and, and the guys will agree as well that kind of you know playing video games um is a big part of your identity um and that was like the formative moment for me uh opening that and it just went on from there really you, you know you went on to the mega drive 2 and you know the dreamcast and all those kind of things before even getting to you know the your playstations and everything else i think i've probably played every console there is but uh just that sense of wonder as a kid uh, when, you know, you're opening a box as, almost as big as you are uh, to, to find that you can play, you know, this interactive game. You know, I think I got the one where Sonic the Hedgehog was built into the machine, mm-hmm. so I didn't even need a cartridge. And then, you know, the the excitement of getting a new game and, yeah, just, it just it, you know, it's fair to describe it as a life-changing moment, especially, you know, given how I've turned out. <laughs> I'm still doing it now. So. <laughs> I, I like, uh, so uh, I've got the, 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 the first issue right here, and I like something you say. Uh, if mom and dad had got me an action man instead, it's no exaggeration to say that I might be a different person altogether. Yeah. So that that's quite true. 
very much so yeah, yeah. i mean you, you know obviously as kids yeah you're hugely impressionable as as you know when you're a lot younger obviously and um it just you know it like i said a different present uh or you know i might not have even been friends with tim say i'd got a nintendo or something you know we might be sworn enemies oh I don't know, but... <laughs> <laughs> what do you think would have happened uh, sam if you did get the action man would you become a commando or sas <laughs> uh, oh i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We can only speculate at this stage. <laughs> so I think this is a good time to ask Steve how Hi. he started <laughs> uh, playing video games and, and what was your experience with, with Sega back in, in the day? Well, I was uh, born into a family of four older brothers, so there's already some um, games about. We started with a, an Intellivision um, uh, that we used to play, and then I promptly broke about the age of four years old. Um, we moved on then for, to uh, uh, computers to uh, BBC Micro um, and then on to Commodore 64. But I think it was Christmas 92, so the same year that I've joined the magazine, that I opened up a Sega Mega Drive, and it was because my brothers thought it looked cool. So they let Father Christmas know that that's what I wanted because it was cooler than Nintendo. And, well uh, and I was born into that religion from that moment. Um, and uh, yeah, stuck with it all the way, even through the dark years uh, of the Sega Saturn, um, when you were the only person in the playground who had one, and uh, I wasn't a term coat like some other people I won't mention, and jump <laughs> over to the dark side for a generation until the Dreamcast came back to almost rescue us, until they forgot to put a DVD drive in there. Um, to, <laughs> to be honest, when, um, when the Dreamcast died, I remember walking into WH Smith's, because you used to get your news. Gaming was our um, religion and, and wh smith was our cathedral you walk in there and that's where you get your gaming news from because of course it's pre-internet days um and i saw i think it was egg edge magazine had the title um uh, dreamcast dead uh sega unstoppable so that's when i found out the dreamcast i thought was doing pretty well because it started out the gates really strong that's when i realized that um that the dreamcast that they were that sega out the hardware business and and that broke my heart a little bit I, uh, I stayed in touch with the uh, later consoles, but it never quite felt the same. Okay. okay. So that, <laughs> I'm, that's, I'm not that's over actually, it, as you can tell. I, yeah, I, I have a similar experience with uh, like the death of the Dreamcast. So I, I didn't realize um, immediately that the, the Dreamcast was dead. I thought it was doing great because I, I, I was having a lot of fun with the console, playing a lot of games, enjoying myself very much. Um, I think I, I realized it like a few months later. Um, yeah, well, it did have a really strong start. I think it was the fastest selling console of all time during the opening month or so. Mm -hmm. um, I seem to yeah, it was. Really yeah, it was. Um, so I just took it as read that it was doing fairly well. I knew we were scared about the PlayStation 2 because a lot of people were going to remain loyal to the brand. But I thought enough people would jump ship or, or people that ju jump ship from Sega after the Mega Drive. Yeah. Um, I thought that we would capture enough of them there to, to, to keep it going. But so it was it was a bolt out of the blue in that respect. But uh, yeah, I think far too many people brought in with the hype of the PS2, which um, I don't think uh, certainly at launch didn't live up to it. I think a lot of people, as I said before, buying it for the fact that there's a DVD player as well. It was a wonderful selling point because DVDs were the fastest selling piece of hardware of all time at that, that point, I think. It went through a a period of about a year when it was just they were just flying off the shelves and if you could and they were really expensive so if you could get a ps2 as well as the dvd player at the same price you'd be able to get a dvd player off the shelf it was a no-brainer mm. yeah yeah that's true it, it was a, a major selling point for sure for the ps2 
good answer. Good answer. Um, so, Tim, it's, it's, it's your turn. Uh, I'll let yeah. you speak again to tell okay, us about your experience, you. please. Okay. Uh, first off, uh, Steve, I've got that copy of Edge downstairs. Um, I might get it out and show it to you to trigger a bit of PTSD. Um, Thanks for that. <laughs> um, my, um, my introduction to gaming and Sega is actually quite different and, and uh, quite later uh, than some people might think. My first games console with it was a ZX Spectrum um, from Sinclair. And then from that, I then moved to the Master System, but I didn't really understand what the Master System was at the age that I was. Uh, I had Sonic, uh, Alex Kidd, and Submarine Attack, which I think I reviewed Submarine Attack in the first issue. I still haven't finished it. Um, and um, to me, the Master System, I, I'm probably going to upset a lot of your listeners here, but it didn't really blow me away. I was about I was about five years old. I, I, it was just, it was another gaming system to me. I, I wasn't conscious of um, sega or nintendo i didn't really have any access to any media which let me know there was any kind of war or which was better it was just a just a, an interactive toy to me and then after that i moved on to the amiga which i had which i enjoyed for a couple of years i had an amiga 600 which i thought was fascinating from a technology point of view but again being quite young i i struggled with some of the more advanced concepts in terms of its operating system um, and multiple discs, you know, if something didn't work straight away with it, I had a hard time understanding it. And then everything changed when I went to a tiny little news agent uh, at the bottom of my street um, when I was around eight years or seven or eight years old, and I saw my first copy of Sonic the Comic. And Sonic the Hedgehog was obviously, by that point, this was 93, so 91, Sonic was in mainstream consciousness and i knew yeah. who he was even though i hadn't really experienced any of these games but for some reason i walked into the shop it was my birthday that day may the 28th and um, my mum agreed to buy me this comic something just drew me to it and i got absolutely obsessed with sonic the hedgehog and from that point obtaining a mega drive and sonic the hedgehog was that was the only thing that was important to me and that didn't actually happen until a year later and uh, that that was where it all started i got a, a mega drive 2 copy of Sonic, copy of Sonic 2, copy of Sonic 3, um, as the years went on, and Sonic and & Knuckles. And, and So you didn't get Sonic with uh, your Master System? I did. Oh, you did? At that point, it, was, it, was, it, was in, it would have been 91 uh, when I obtained that, and the, the impact of it... I, I love the Sonic 8-bit series, but it, I'm finding it hard to explain this. It because I was because it I was didn't so young. click at the time. Yeah, I was so young, and there was no. I didn't get gaming magazines. There was nothing yeah. like gaming on TV that I would watch. You know, I really was quite insulated from it. It mm -hmm. just the, the concept didn't, you know, uh, mean anything to me. But as I got a little bit older and became aware of some of the things I was seeing on TV, and then friends were starting to get into gaming and talking about which was best, and and getting excited over stuff, I then started taking a bit more of an interest. Um, and then it was Sonic the comic that you know, made me fall in love with the character, mm -hmm. and falling in love with the character then made me want to follow him into the into the console generation that was the Mega Drive, and then that's when it all exploded. And from that point onwards, I was a Sega loyalist. Although a couple of years later, I got a PlayStation and <gasps> sort of dipped. It. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry about that. But then I did pick up a Saturn <laughs> a short while afterwards. Um, uh, and then of course the Dreamcast, and the Dreamcast was something I went really heavily into. Um, I ended up getting an, uh, a complete PAL collection 
um, you know, all the accessories, mm-hmm. various custom shells. I really went hard into the Dreamcast, and yeah. So, but when I jumped to the PlayStation, those few those few interim years, I still felt like I was. It didn't it didn't feel right to me. I always looked at the Saturn and and felt sad about you know the direction it like went a, in. A, a single manly tear. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When you were playing yeah. PlayStation games, yeah, I, 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 I'm not one to talk because I, I skipped that entire generation. I didn't uh, jump into the, you know, jump ship. I didn't go to the, the PlayStation, but I didn't uh, actually get a, a, a Saturn either. So I, I went from the Mega Drive straight to the Dreamcast. Okay. So I, I'm always fascinated for, you know, um, about what people experienced during that. Uh, entire generation that I actually skipped for for multiple reasons. I'm also fascinated about the 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 people's you know m- most people's reactions to the master system because many people swear by uh, the master system and the Sonic series on the master system as being maybe even better than the Mega Drive games. I uh, started with the the Mega Drive, so I didn't really get that experience. But it's interesting to know that you're not one of those people. Uh, that's not strictly true. Oh. Um, <laughs> where, when I obtained a Mega Drive, I still had a friend who, due to his his parents not being able to afford to buy him a Mega Drive, he, he stuck with the, the Master System for quite some years um, after he'd initially gotten his, which I think was around the same time as I did. And so, uh, you know... Our, our love of gaming kind of grew together, and if he was, if I went round to his house, it was an opportunity for me to play, play Sonic Chaos, um, you know, uh, Sonic One and Sonic Two on the Master System, and he would have come to my house and you know play play on my Mega Drive and experience the games that way. So I did get a chance to actually uh, get involved with the Master System a lot more mm-hmm. once I personally passed into the Mega Drive era, and I think I would. I'd be confident in saying I think the 8-bit version of Sonic 1 is better than the, the Mega Drive release of Sonic 1. Okay. Look, looking back now. Okay. I, I'm i not sure I, I agree. I, I don't think I've... I, I'm not able to, to compare the two, to be honest. I, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. It, the, the, I, I do they, enjoy both. I, I, I have a, a fondness for Sonic 1 because it was my first Me- Mega Drive game. Uh, probably for my... Uh, old age, I can't remember, but I think Sonic One was probably my first video game of all time. So it, it's, yeah, it's got I, a special I, place in my heart. I think it still holds holds up pretty well. But Sonic One on the Master System is a very good game as well. Yeah, I think if you think if you if you were to comp- if you go back in time and look at the two of them side by side when they were released, you can easily say that the eight bit version was the inferior version. Of course, it was. It had you know worse graphics, worse sound. Um, arguably worse playability but when you look at them now i think sonic 8-bit can stand on its own two legs and, and be proud of itself as, mm-hmm. a, as an incredible port and i think the two games are are very different and I, th- i think they're both equally brilliant i know i'm sort of backstepping on what i said before but um <laughs> I, i think i think that's i think that's how it's changed now is once upon a time you would compare the two side by side as if they were the same product but i think now when you look at them they are definitely not and they're both very good in their own right and, and it's funny how even uh, of course we had sonic 1 and sonic 2 just like on the master system just like we had it on the the mega drive but they were not direct ports especially sonic 1 there were some similarity similarities we had some uh, of the same stages 
but it was a an entirely different game, uh, or almost entirely. The the levels were different. The the even the, the Green Hill Labyrinth, the levels itself themselves were were different. The layouts were different. So we had uh, original stages as well, original music. So it's fair to say it's a you know a, a different game and one that stands on its own. I think. Yeah. Yeah. You've just given me flashbacks to the labyrinth stage, which I'd uh, I'd, re- I'd repressed until this very moment. Wh- which which one? Always... <laughs> I think there was underwater parts. It's funny because now I'm now relying on my memory, but I do remember having to get my dad to help me with some of the some of the trickier bits on the <laughs> yeah, master the... system or the Mega Drive. I think this must have been the master system. The master system. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the 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 find the boss the boss on uh, labyrinth zone on the master system is evil because it's one of those you have to jump yeah. across from one side to the other and it's one of those jumps where you have to launch yourself from the very last pixel of the edge in order to make yeah. it to the other side it is that is horrible uh, that remember... you have no rings right i don't think so no i don't think so the the third act is is always the boss stage and you, you get no rings i think so it's like a one hit kill so yeah i just it... remember a part of it where you had to go underwater and you had a bubble that you only had a set time with I, I i think i'm remembering that correctly and it's that the anxiety you get when you realize you're running out and it's you know it's obviously a labyrinth so you get lost underwater yeah I and think then that... sonic drowns and you feel really guilty about it yeah I can't, I, i'm pretty i'm pretty sure the 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 bubble air refill mechanic is in the 8-bit version mm. and it is isn't yeah. it david do you, do you know i can't remember, I can't remember. yeah i can't oh, well. remember but i i do Some... remember struggling with uh you know the air bubbles in in the yeah. 16-bit version as well. So, especially nobody likes underwater levels. Especially uh, in Scrap Brain Three. So yes, the final a... level, the the third act is underwater a bit, and it's it, it's much harder than Labyrinth in yeah. terms of uh, getting air. But yeah, good times, good times. <laughs> 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 so um, you guys have all your your personal experiences with with Sega. Uh, going back a little bit to to Sega Mania, so Tim, how did you guys decide that this would be a, a good idea? So I think from reading the magazine that this was an idea that you had, and then you didn't do anything about it for a few months, and then uh, you came back a, to it, right? Yeah, it was almost a year. Um, it, it it came from uh, yeah, I did discuss this in in um, in more detail um, in in the first issue, but. The, the original plan was to write a book. Um, uh, one thing that I can say about everyone who works on Sega Mania is we're all creative types in our own way. Um, you know, Sam, Sam uh, is, has been working on uh, a book recently. Um, Alex does uh, podcasting and a lot of streaming. Um, Rob is a published author. Uh, Steve uh, is an actor um, and many, many other things I'm sure he'll tell you about in a, in a moment. Um, uh, uh, but me personally, I've always worked in IT with technology, and so my spare time has always been trying to do something creative. And I, I really wanted to write a book on my personal experiences with gaming over the years. But the, the difficult thing about writing is that it's a very long process, and you can be waiting a very, very long time to get any feedback from the public as to uh, as to whether it's any good or, or whether they sort of enjoy it. And I find without that encouragement without that engagement it's hard for me to stay focused and and so i thought well rather than do a book why not do a magazine it's something that's more achievable in a shorter time space 
you can get it out there quickly. You can get feedback. Um, you can use that feedback to to do another issue and, and improve upon what you did before. Uh, and that's where Sega Mania was born. And that's why we follow the one year per issue format because that's how my book was originally designed to be. I would I would start off in you know my first memory of gaming, which would have been sort of 1989 it was in 1990, and the, the chapters of the book were broken up in that way, and so the magazine is really borrowed from that, that initial concept. Excellent, yeah. So uh, there's been a, a resurgence of, uh, especially Sega magazines recently. We have a few of them, uh, including Sega Mania. What is it about uh, a physical magazine, you guys think, that appeals to... Uh, the the gamer of today, or actually the gamer of today that grew up in the nineties, and what is it about Sega that you know is uh, a good a good segment to to make magazines about? I'm going to mute my mic. Let someone else have a go. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I think it kind of it's like we said at the beginning. It's just it captures that era. I mean, it's you know. Obviously, the magazine is for anybody who wants to to pick it up, any age and any demographic. You know, it's uh, we we sort of really appreciate all the readers that we've got. But um, on a on a sort of a, a superficial level, it obviously is aimed at people like us. You know, people who were alive at that time and in the, of that generation. And, and, and because like not only is the content uh, geared towards um, those people, um, we we find the idea of having a, a sort of a physical product is you know accomplishes that goal as well um you know it would have been pr perhaps a lot more easy to just sort of do a digital only copy but there, we really wanted from the very beginning to have a physical product because it was almost uh, more authentic because um you know you would have got this in the 90s you wouldn't have been you know there i mean i think the internet was around in the 90s but not nowhere near in the way that it is now you certainly weren't consuming media uh it, through it in the way that you are now with like uh even podcasts and you know digital magazines it just wasn't an option for you so we thought it would appeal to people and i think we all wanted uh i think we wanted a finished product really um tim, tim and i talked about this like you said uh, quite a while ago now and it took uh, a little bit of time to to come to fruition but there was always the real desire there to have uh, a physical product that people could hold in their hands and say mm -hmm. you know yes i've got this um and as it, as far as it goes with sega and, and you know if, in my experience um i'm probably the worst person on the team for sort of keeping up with these things so it's only really since we launched the magazine that i've sort of uh, basically you know you put yourself out there on twitter a bit more you go on social media you approach people because you think oh my god they've got a great collection we want to do an article on that and it was only in the past few months since we launched this launched the magazine that i realized just what an absolute world is out there in terms of like-minded people um people who who you know love this kind of stuff you know all the retro collectors all the people who still play uh the the, the classic titles now um it, it really opened my eyes and it was it was just really really cool to connect with so many people and i, I you know i'm having fun so much fun on twitter particularly where you sort of come across people like this and you just think god you know there, there's more kindred spirits out here than perhaps i, th I realized to begin with mm -hmm. yeah there's a permanence um to what we do as well and also uh a, having a finished product on a regular basis it, it works both ways it we could have just done a blog or we could have done a website um and the, the thing is that the speed that the digital age is moving at the moment it's very easy to get lost in in, mm -hmm. in the noise and don't get me wrong there are some people out there who do some uh, fantastic work on websites um 
and I'm not I'm not showing any disrespect for that medium or bloggers or anyone who do that sort of thing. Um, it's just kind of it is quite a crowded space, um, and you know it's not you can't just put what you want out there and and hope that it'll get picked up. You've got to put work into SEO, um, you know, search engine optimization. Um, you know, you constantly be at it all the time and hope that the articles sort of get picked up. But once they're read and become old news, they kind of disappear. The idea of permanence really appealed to me um, because we can, we can put what you know our our reviews and everything down onto paper, and once it's printed, it's done, and that will stick around forever, and that's a really satisfying feeling. Um, uh, but also, um, so that's the selfish way of looking at it. Is that it's just it's a way for us to just make sure that what we do stays around. But from uh, the reader's point of view, it, it, it's you know people love collecting things. Um, we wanted to give them something they can hold, they can keep, they can treasure. There's the, ex the the excitement of it arriving in the mail, opening the packaging. You know, we've got the nice glossy covers, flicking through. We we generally don't reveal what is inside the magazine before it goes live at all. We always want it to be kept secret, so you know people aren't just going to get the copy and say, oh well, I saw, you know, they, they photographed half of the pages. There's nothing, you know, I, I kind of know what to expect. We always want it to be a bit of a surprise. There's there's that pleasure in the, in the in the physical opening the packaging and, and sort of touching it and, and feeling it that's that really appealed to us so that's the reason why we kind of went physical it's also a usp it's a, it, it because it's quite a new concept it's been a while since people have started doing print magazines again um it's a great it's a great way to get yourself out there mm -hmm. yeah for sure i uh, think that sometimes it's easier to find um stuff that caters to a Nintendo audience when we compare it to a Sega audience, to, to the Sega fandom. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys agree or if you have the same experience. Um, I think for, for us in, in Europe, we get a lot of Sega stuff, but uh, I have a lot of listeners in the US. And um, I, I think that most um, mediums there cover Nintendo, uh, which makes sense considering the results that Sega had over there uh, when compared to, to Nintendo. So I think it's kind of refreshing as well to have more of these uh, different experiences uh, focusing on Sega as well. Do you guys feel the same in your experience with your readers as well? Do you have people from the other side of the pond? Yeah, at the moment, uh, I would say 30% of our sales are international. Uh, and we have people buying the magazine all over Europe, um, America, Canada, Brazil, um, Australia, New Zealand, Japan. Um, you know, the demand is out there for Sega content. You know, I think it's something that people have been wanting for a long time. Um, yeah, there's uh, a real uh, hardcore fan base in Finland as well, isn't there, of all yeah, places? Finland. We get a lot of orders from Finland. We get a lot of orders from Finland. <laughs> um, um, it's... Um, and that's another reason why we, you know, why we started this is Sega was such a huge impact on the gaming industry, and yeah, they're a shadow of their former selves, which I, yeah, I'm kind of sad to say. Um, and we kind of just don't want them to be forgotten. And 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 that's kind of what the magazine does a little bit is by going back to each year and showing you all of the major milestones that Sega. You know, Sega made in terms of you know bringing CD. I know they weren't the first to bring CD technology out, but they did it and they tried. And you know, they they dabbled in 32-bit a lot earlier than other console manufacturers did. And they did lock-on technology and J-carts and weird peripherals. And 
big blockbuster um, worldwide launches like Sonic 2 came out in the same on the same day, you know, everywhere worldwide. Mm-hmm. I don't think that happened again until things like Grand Theft Auto 3 came out. You know, they were the yeah. fir- first to try and do things like that. So I think it, we're kind of cataloging the history of Sega and hopefully a lot of younger people will pick this up and, and be like, oh, they're not just the guys who release a total war game every four years you know (laughs) these these guys are big players um yeah yeah Um, and actually uh, when it comes to worldwide releases uh they're doing it again now with their newest games there uh it used to be like a a western date and a a japanese date release date and now they're trying their most recent games they're trying to do worldwide releases which is actually pretty great yeah, yeah. I I've got a question for you, Steve. Before I take a break, um, okay. So you've you've mentioned your experience with the classic Sega. Are yeah. you uh, still in touch with Sega with their recent, more recent stuff still, or are you just like a hardcore classic fan? I, I have to admit, I've got a ten-year-old daughter, and uh, she uh, she's quite massively into the Sega brand herself because. Uh, we played all the classic games on the 360 when they released that collection, and she got massively into a lot of them then. Um, so, so I do kind of keep my eye out if there's anything Sega themed because it. Uh, well, she's getting a bit older now, but when she was a little bit younger, just the word Sega elucid a little bit of uh, excitement in her, just like it did for me. So, so that was always nice to do. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, let's face it, it's it's as a. As Tim said, it's uh, it's not quite the same thing getting excited about a Sega releases now as it was uh, back in the day. But uh, yeah, I keep my eye out. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you, Sam? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have kids myself, <laughs> so I can't like, uh, the only sort of reliving it I do is, uh, sort of, uh, in my own time, you know, uh, coming, coming up with the reviews and all that kind of thing. But, um, I, I don't sort of keep on top of it too much, although I do more, I do more so now, uh, as I say, since we launched the magazine, it's, you know, you, you go out and you start, um, I keep banging on about social media, but you know, you start following people and, you know, you're trying to get the word out, trying to create a bit of buzz for issue one as we were. And, uh, you, so you end up following a load of people who, who, you know, are much more informed than you are and have kept up with it. And, you know, it's a, it's a large part of who they are. Um, and sort of by osmosis, you, you get a bit more of that. You, you realize that there are still some, you know, various projects kicking around uh you know people who are still as enthusiastic about it now as they ever were and it's it just offers this fascinating window into into you know something that is still there it's like tim says you know i think you know sega's best days uh have already happened but there is there's a real uh, hardcore of people out there who are, are keen to preserve them and to, to, to keep living them um, mm-hmm. And there's, I think there's something to be just said for generally retro gaming. Anyway, I mean, um, as Steve just mentioned just there, and um, I think I've said in in one of the uh, the columns in the magazine as well, it was uh, sort of a friendlier time. Uh, you know, we, we uh, talked a bit in the magazine about sort of what online gaming is now and how, you know, there's there's quite a lot of toxicity um, in in you know when you have to either cooperate or play against each other online. And there's like a there's an innocence uh, and a simplicity to the older games. And I think you know. If, if I ever did have kids, I'd, I'd certainly I would want to get them started with stuff like Sonic the Hedgehog and things like that, that, you know, that were more about the fun and less about, you know, the achievements and the, and the min-maxing and the try-harding. Uh, there's just something so pure about it. And um, it, it's just been really cool to see that, uh, you know, like I said, having been ignorant to it for quite a while since we started the magazine, you realize that there are these people out there um, that, are, that are just as enthusiastic as they ever were. And it's just mm-hmm. really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. I would say 
you guys are right. It's not the same, obviously. It, it, it can never be the same. Uh, they're not coming back into the, the hardware business. But um, the recent years have been great as well. If you if you try things like the Yakuza series or uh, Judgment and Lost Judgment and other, even they've been hand, uh, handing out their their IPs, not handing out, but licensing their some of their IPs and letting other uh, like teams, talented people, uh, work on them and making new games, remakes, and stuff like Streets of Rage Four. So it's it's an interesting yeah. time. It's an Streets interesting of Rage Four is excellent. I absolutely I I love every minute of that. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, it, I just uh, to answer your question in terms of my experience of modern Sega, um, I am one of the foolish people who still gets involved in the Sonic games. <laughs> I know that will split the opinion of your yeah, listeners right yeah. down the middle, but um, that I Sonic the Hedgehog is Sega and Sonic the Hedgehog. You cannot unpair those two things for me at all, um, and I do like to keep up to date with what they're doing with the franchise and. It's been very hit and miss over the last few years. Um, in terms of any of the more modern stuff, I would say, I mean, at the moment, I don't really have a huge amount of time to play games. The irony of doing a gaming magazine is you can no longer game. <laughs> it, take, it takes away a lot of your time. Um, the reason that I don't, I haven't kept up with the modern stuff as much is because uh, now that I'm older and I have a bit more disposal income, it's given me the opportunity to actually go back and pick up all of the old stuff that I never got to um to buy or experience the first time around and at the moment any free time i have um uh retro gaming is going at the moment into sega saturn mm-hmm. i'll explore it you know i'm really um throwing myself into that library and everything it offers because it was just a console i completely missed out on um i do play modern games but i would say the vast majority of them are not sega games and i hope that doesn't upset anybody or offend anybody I I'm I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed, Tim. Okay, uh, that's fine. What can I say? <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, but everyone has got their their own experiences, so that's that's cool. That's cool. I think be- just because of that, we need to take a break, Tim. You just okay. just broke my heart now. <laughs> no, we're we're well overdue a a quick break, and when we come back, I think you guys already know what's happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yeah, and and it's gonna happen. Uh, so we'll okay. be right back. Okay. <laughs> it's officially fan choice season over at Radio Sega. You may not know this, but every year the station asks their listeners to pick their favorite song from Sega games released in the previous 12 months, as well as the best community-made remix released during the year. Before that final voting period, though, the month of November is all about the nominations. So right now, everyone can nominate their favorite five songs from Sega games released in the last 12 months. At the end of the nomination period, the 10 most nominated songs will make it to the final round. Got any particular banger you'd like to see voted Song of the Year? Check out the list of eligible games by going to radiose.ga slash song of 2021. And while you're there, click the link to the survey and tell Radio Sega which Sega songs are in your top 5 of the year. That's radiose.ga forward slash song of 2021. 
Anyone can take part, and nominations close on December 5th. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge. It is time. I know you know what's happening. It's the Sega Lounge Challenge. Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. It's the moment we've waited for and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> No. Oh dear no. God! Do we get gunged if we don't uh, get the right answers? <laughs> well, you you are aware that all of our credibility as the Sega magazine is about to go straight out of the window. <laughs> we didn't start with much either. I, <laughs> I am aware. Are you aware, though? That's the question. Uh, you know, your whole uh, future as a magazine um, hangs hinges on this moment. Right yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. We're going to do what I think is just, you know, it's, it's only fair, the ultimate Sega fan uh, challenge. Okay, we have three huge Sega fans here, um, Sam, Steve, and Tim. So we're, we're going to have to do something big as well for you guys. So what I do most of the weeks, uh, I've been doing most of the weeks this, this season, is to have... Uh, a challenge that's comprised of 10 questions. Questions, trivia questions, and musical questions as well, uh, which are different challenges as well. So testing your knowledge about Sega and your knowledge about the music of Sega games. Okay. We are focusing a little bit on the classic side of things, so don't worry. It'll probably be... Uh, what you guys are more familiar with as well, so I think you're you're good. So but, what you're saying, David, is there's no yeah. excuses. Uh, I I wouldn't I, I didn't <laughs> want to say that, but yeah, sure, sure, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So let's start, guys. So we have can ten questions, right? You can get up to twenty points. No one's done it, but maybe this is the first time. Who knows? the The number of points depends on your choices as well, because. When it comes to trivia questions, you can choose between easy questions for one point or hard questions for two points. Okay, so depending on your choices along the way, you can get up to 20 points. But um, let's just aim for 10, as I always do with every guest. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah. yeah. I think we should work as a team on this to show you that between us, we have the skills required to put a magazine together. It will also mask my incompetence nicely. That's, so also, what, that's also what I was thinking, yeah. It will <laughs> also give you less excuses to fail. Yes. I hope you realize that. Oh, okay. oh wait. No, wait. <laughs> Not so sure about that one. No turning back now. Damn it. Okay. So let's start with question number one. Uh, are you guys going with an easy or hard question? Let's start on a hard. Let's let's see how let's see how this uh, this is going to play out. By let's just get a hard one in there and, and see see what happens, <laughs> so to speak. Steady, steady, there, boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't say. I I'm just yeah. Okay. <laughs> Calm down, there, action man. <laughs> oh, no. Oh God. Okay. So we're gonna go with this one, which I I actually. Asked recently, hopefully you guys didn't hear this episode. In round six, 
of the Japanese version of The Revenge of Shinobi. Okay, a game that you actually featured uh, in your first issue, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So it's The Revenge of Shinobi. In round yeah. six, the Japanese version, so it's called the Super Shinobi over there. You yeah. fight a boss called the Metamorpher, who takes on two forms, both resembling two very famous comic book heroes. Name one of them. It was Simon who reviewed this, and he's not here. Oh, that's good for a horrifying <laughs> moment. I thought it was me. <laughs> um, I so think I can hazard a guess. I Round six I'm... of Revenge of Shinobi, a boss called the Metamorpher. Has I think two I know... forms. Do you mind if I take this, guys? I heard a guess. Yeah. I think I might know, but this is probably going to be horribly wrong, and everyone's going to be listening, screaming at me. I'm going to say Batman. So one of the the forms of the metamorpher is Batman. That's what I think. I think I'm wrong, just on the way you're saying that. that, that I'm was... just asking. I'm just oh. confirming. That's, that, that's your answer. Steve? Is it Spider-Man? So I, know what you're think I know you're thinking of something, and I'm, I'm racking my brains. I haven't played it, but I remember watching something on it. I don't know. I'll go with you, though, Tim. I know I trust you more. No, I don't trust me more. You don't you're, know me that well. You're older. You're older than me. You, you're I don't trust me. any of you. Closer to senility, so it's not. Uh, the annoying thing is, is I think I, I know this. I, I, I've known this because this is one of those things where Sega got caught out a lot for weird things like this, where you'd have like licensed characters, or in Streets of Rage Two, where the background is very clearly ripped off from Alien, and they just kind of got away with it. Um, <laughs> uh, Let's go with Spider-Man. Final answer. I was going to ask final answer. Okay. Sorry. So we're, we're going to lock in Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Friendly neighborhood. Yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. In Revenge of Shinobi. In a ninja game. Right? That's what yeah. you're going with. <laughs> this is yeah. going to sound so daft if we're wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's going to sound like we're absolutely <laughs> off of our heads. Okay, so we're going to lock it in. It's locked in. No turning back now. I'm going to tell you what the other form is, what one of yeah. them is, and it's Batman. Oh. So Tim would have been right. Oh, way, uh, Tim, right, you shouldn't have trusted me. See, I knew it. I, I just sort of had that feeling, but let's see. It could be so, Spider-Man for the other one. It's Batman and... Spider-Man, well yes. done! <laughs> From the jaws of defeat. Yes, yeah. two points. Good job. Yeah. We should get four points because I got the other one. Yeah, I think we should just win the whole quiz. Yeah, now. exactly. Let, it's let's not going to get any better. Here. <laughs> Good job! What a great start. Uh, two points. That's awesome. Okay, so it's time for our music. Uh, music side of things. So question number two is, uh, um, I'm going to play a, a quick clip, short clip of a Sega song. Yeah. So you get you can get two points again. One point for the game, one point for either the name of the song or where it plays in the game, like level one or something like that. Something that shows me that you really know where this piece of music plays. Okay. Got it? Yeah. yeah. Ready? Yeah. Let's do it. No, you're not. Let's play <laughs> clip number one 
Let's see if you know this. It's got to be Mystic Cave from Sonic 2, isn't it? It is Mystic Cave, yeah. But because this quiz has given me such anxiety, every <laughs> bit of logic and reason has gone out of my mind. Uh, it's Mystic, Mystic Cave from Sonic 2. Is it Mystic... It's definitely no, Aquatic Ruin. Aquatic Ruin, is it? Sorry. <sighs> no, Aquatic no, it's Ruin Mr. Sounds... Cave, isn't it? You both said that really quickly. It's Mr. Cave. You know, you know something that, that I find funny. I usually have to do what you guys are doing to each other. So uh, usually someone says an answer, and then I make them doubt themselves. You guys are doing the, <laughs> doing it for me. So it's I'm I'm just enjoying myself here with we are... like a bag of no. popcorn. <laughs> the, the, the thing the thing is is that okay bit of exclusive content for you here in the middle of the quiz round is our latest issue comes with a cover cd nobody knows that <gasps> but on that on that cover cd um the mystic cave zone music is there and i've listened to that cover cd about a thousand times in the last week and the mystic cave zone doesn't start like that it starts but this this part of the music could be later on in the stage when it starts to settle down a little bit and that's why i'm and now you've put Aquatic Ruin in my head, Steve. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Mystic Cave because this... It is because basically at this part of the music, just to show you how much I know Sonic 2... Oh, I hope I do because if this is wrong, it's going to make me sound like a real idiot. Is basically where you get to the part where um, you can either jump up on the vines or you can go down and you've got those rotating um, uh, cardboard... Bo- they're not cardboard, wooden boxes... It's normally around that point that the music sort of settles down. So I think it is Mystic Cave. 100% agree. Okay, Sam? Yeah, I said uh, before we went on air that I would defer to you guys, and I'm happy to continue with my strategy. Okay, yeah, Mystic Cave Zone, please. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Okay, so let's, let me just uh, check something with you. So we need game and song, title, or, or level. So game, Sonic 2, Yes. right? Yes. No doubts about it. Okay. Song title. You say Mystic Cave. Oh, Mystic Cave Zone, so you're, yeah. You're, you're playing Sonic 2 with either Sonic, Sonic and Tails, or just Tails, and you get to Mystic Cave, and this is the, the song that plays in the main game. <laughs> oh, so no, 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 no. I'm no, just no. asking a question. Is it the multiplayer music? Because... Oh. The music on the multiplayer so it, it it's the multiplayer one. Unless David is deliberately sowing doubts, I think this is the Mystic Cave Zone multiplayer, two-player music. Here, here's a hint for the rest of the quiz. I am always deliberately uh, sowing doubt. Always. I don't know, Tim. You tied me up in knots as well now. I don't know. As the... Uh, as... The objective third member of the team here, I think the fact that both of you said the same thing like within five seconds of each other after hearing the thing, I think but we should stick I, with I, the original. I think it's multiplayer. I'm also aware that this this podcast episode is going to be the longest ever. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, I, I don't know about you, Steve. I'm tempted to go multiplayer. I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll defer to your leadership, Tim. No, let, let's I'm, let's do, let's do, right let's do what fence. let's do what Sam said. We'll stay with the original. It's Mystic oh, Cave. No. 
Yeah, Mystic. We'll put this on Sam. Mystic so came. Technically, it's Sam's fault. My yep. efforts to remain flameless. Yep. Yep. Mystic, Mystic Cave Zone, Sonic the Hedgehog two, final answer. So, main game, Mystic Cave Zone, Sonic the Hedgehog two. That's yep. it, right? Okay. Yeah. So, the game is indeed Sonic the Hedgehog two. So one point for that. Good job. The track is from Mystic Cave Zone, but it's the two-player version. Oh, <laughs> it's no. the two-player version. So, so Tim, you were humming along to the 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 track, the tune of Mystic Cave uh, One Player. Yeah. So when you you were starting, that's the first. That's the 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 one player, uh, the main yeah. game version of the song. So. I wasn't actually uh, trying to screw you up. I, I was actually trying to help. When no, I that's that fine. I, I, yeah. deserve to, I, I, I deserve <laughs> to jump on a question mark box and get a robotic symbol after that. <laughs> okay, but one point. Not bad. So three points so far. Let's keep going with question number three. Again, easy or hard? Uh, what, do you, what do you think, guys? I think we should stick with hard. I think okay. Yeah, we're not doing yeah. too badly, are we? There yeah, you let's go. go hard. Let's go That's hard. it. Okay. So, we're going to stick to s topics that we've, we've discussed uh, throughout the show. What is the name? And this is very specific. What is the name of the Japanese composer born in 1967? 1967. This is important. In Japan, who worked on games like The Revenge of Shinobi, Shenmue, and the 8-bit versions of Sonic the Hedgehog. Among many others, obviously. It, is yes. it the guy does Streets of Rage as well? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Um, I've, got, I've, got streets, I've got all three Streets of Rage soundtracks on vinyl. And I'm thinking if it's the same guy, I'm now trying to go to my mind palace and it's, pick it, it. If it's the same guy, and it's, it's Yuzo Koshiro or something like that, he's the Streets of Rage guy. I don't know if that's the same guy who did Shinobi. I think it is. He did... Sh I have no idea. I don't think it's to do with Shen Shenmue. You said Shinobi, Shenmue, and the 8-bit Sonic the Hedgehogs, yeah? Yes. <sighs> I'm, almost, I'm almost certain that the guy who did Shinobi also did the Streets of Rage soundtrack, and that's um, Yuzo Koshiro. Yeah, I've, the only um, thing the only thing that's throwing me is that Sonic One for the Master System was outsourced to Ancient, wasn't it? And I, they were such a small two-person team. Would they have got him involved? Or I guess Sega would be like, "Here, yeah, you can have a composer for the weekend. Knock yourself out." Um, I think you might be right. Yeah, I think. I keep I thinking. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, we're gonna have to go with you, Steve. I'm drawing a blank on that one. Uh, I mean, the one's throwing me a little bit is Shenmue. I had no idea if he had anything to do with Shenmue or not. Um, no. But uh, but I'm so certain that Yuzo Koshiro did Shinobi that I'm willing to kind of put the house on it. Yeah, let's go for that then. Yeah. So your answer is? Uh, Yuzo Koshiro. Koshiro. Final answer. Yeah. Okay. Something important that uh, I think Tim said... Uh, the the eight bit Sonics were or Sonic one at least and two I think um, were uh, made by Ancient, right? It was either Sonic one or Sonic two. Ancient yeah. was one of them. Yeah. So Ancient, uh, what does it have to do with um, 
with Yusukushiro. Oh, hang on. Does it make what? much sense, does it? I'm, I'm just throwing didn't... this out there. I'm, I'm not giving you any chance to, to uh, take back that answer. Uh, the, the thing <laughs> is... Why, why do I, hang on. Why do I get the feeling that the composer was yes. also the programmer of Sonic 1-8-Bit and his wife also helped him? And okay. then he went on to do... I have a feeling there's something like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking absolute nonsense. But okay, let's, so, let's, let's stick with Steve's answer. Yeah, yeah so Yuzu Koshiro, so Ancient, uh, was... Uh, the, the the or is the 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 game company founded by Yuzu Koshiro's family? Yeah, which means your answer is correct. Oh, yes, right. so he nice worked one, on the Shinobis, the Sonic Eight Bits, the um, made music for Shenmue. Uh, he made um, Streets of Rage, obviously, even even some some songs for Streets of Rage Four as well, and many many other games. Brilliant composer, so two points. That's amazing. We're doing I all right. Well, I have some of his music on my uh, on my phone. Um, I'm actually directing a play later on in the year called Roberto Zuko, and I'm planning on using a lot of his music for the uh, soundtrack for the play. Oh, it's brilliant! It's brilliant. <laughs> so that's yeah. why it was in my head. So um, thank God for that. If if you if you want something a little bit more, you know, not really the style of the sixteen bit games that he worked on, uh, Etrian Odyssey. Those okay. games, those Atlas games, he did them too, and it, the soundtracks are amazing as well. But anyway, out. five points. Good job. Awesome. Very, Excellent. very good job. Doing great. It's time for another song. Okay, okay. guys? Ready? Yeah. Yep. 10-second long clip. Let's take a listen. know that one that's streets of rage but i don't know which one i'm guessing it's going to be three then because i don't recognize it that well no, it, three is the one i'm least familiar with and unless it's not streets of rage it's not streets of rage three because i know who very... said i know that one it was me and i was going to say streets of rage because i reviewed the game gear version for the magazine uh, that's ah. that's just come out and i'm i that sounds like not just familiar in that i know it but that i heard it recently so that's so it's so it that must mean it's Streets of Rage one. Yes, I think it is. Um, it's definitely not Streets of Rage three because I hate that game. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's actually no. Let me tell you about it. It's a good game. It's just far too difficult for me. Um, could it could it be one of the later levels? And it sounds very boss like, doesn't it? It's not the actual boss music, but could it no, be? The no, last I actually level think it's an early level because when I you know it's to my not, shame. I don't Sorry. think it's the first level. It's. The second level is the beach level, which is... Why is no, it? That's the third, I think. No, on the Game level. Gear, it's um, you're on a bridge. Just the bridge level. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But we I'm can't, pretty sure it's there. We can't guarantee that they didn't rearrange the track, the score on the track and the level order. The, I've not played the 8-bit version for a long time. I think it's the second level. Yeah, I think so too. Which which you thinking the second level? Are we talking about the Game Gear version or the sixteen bit? This this is sixteen bit. Yeah. So the second level was the suburban streets, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like the outer city, wasn't it? I think it's the second level because then the third level with the beach one's got a slightly more. Yeah, sort of beach. good chassis, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I've got the vinyl downstairs. Um, I keep saying that, like, look at me with my vinyl collection. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
um, I'm just a massive fan of the Streets of Rage music. That's all. But I just it's when you were put on the spot. I think it's yeah. Sec- I think it's either the second or the fourth level. So let's take it by part. So first, first of all, game. Which game is it? Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage, for sure. It's funny now because as I remember the other games I've played, I can just put that music to it and be like, "Was it Shinobi?" Or you know, was it something else? But I think we should stick with Streets of Rage. It's sort of no. You're right, Sam. It sort of feels like it's something else. It's something yeah. I've, I've 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 played very recently, like Same. really recently. Yeah. I don't want to put the cat amongst the pigeons, but I'm not confident as you guys are that it's Streets of Rage. I just think it would pop to me sooner if it was. That's why I've I'm got a feeling. Shinobi. I I got a feeling it might be Shinobi actually. Shinobi. I've not. I, music I've, or something. I've not played Shinobi for. 20 which, years. which one, by the way? I'm honestly, uh, it's not, it's not Shinobi. I've not played Shinobi. I, I really don't like the Shinobi series. A lot of your listeners are going to hate me. Um, I've not played not, it. Not the listeners, just me. Just, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Shinobi. Um, it, it's not Shinobi. So, Streets of Rage, then. He, okay. Um, maybe, maybe I was so confident Rage. in the beginning. If you could have played us to 10 seconds after, I reckon we'd all know it, because it was just getting into that bit where it sounded like it was going to be recognisable and it cut off, didn't it? So maybe it is Streets of Rage, and it's just not the intro I'm listening to. I'm going to go with the majority opinion. Okay, um, so let's lock it in. Is it Streets of Rage, guys? Yes. Yes. Okay, so since it's Streets of Rage, which level? Gonna you say level two, two? Or four, weren't you? I think it's two or four. I, I'm tempted to say, I think it's two. I want to say two just because I actually never get that far in the games when I review them because I'm not as good as I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I, would, I don't think I would have got to level four, so I'm going to go with two. Yeah, Streets of Rage. Go on. Two. I'll, I'll Ridge, take this one. Yeah. One, level two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you that this is uh, a song and the soundtrack by Yuzo Koshiro. Okay, that's a good start. This is level one of that specific game, so no points there. But is it Streets of Rage level one? It is not. It's The Revenge of Shinobi. Oh, (laughs) my God. I knew it. I'm really sorry. Go and stand outside for five minutes. This song is called The Shinobi. The question, question is, oh, I know why I know that music. Why is it? It's on our cover disc and there's a Shinobi track. Okay. (laughs) You know, I got stuck. I got stuck on the bus at the end of the level and I I must have heard it so often because the boss is a big samurai. No, it's Um, it's my fault because I put Streets of Rage in everybody's head and then I doubted it. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's where I know it from. But it's, it's cool. It's, it's cool. It's quite comforting to know that I got my. You know, it was, was my second choice. Yeah. But no, you, you, you went with. You know, your brain was in the right place because you know you yeah. thought Yuzo Koshiro. So yeah, it, it was just not Streets of Rage, but something. So you got the right composer, yeah. even though there's zero points on offer for that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just you, you get a, a little pat on the back, just because of that. Very good. Okay, so five points so far. Six questions to go. Let's go with number five. Easy or hard? I'm enjoy. I'm enjoying the, yeah, the more difficult out. questions. Yeah. Okay. So let's take it up a notch with something different. Okay. Uh, we're gonna go a little bit uh, later in the, the the history of Sega with oh with Sonic Adventure. Ooh. Okay. In Sonic Adventure, 
collecting rings as Sonic in Cassinopolis and depositing them in the vault serves yeah. two purposes. Do you guys remember this? I yep. played this, this level. Yeah. Game, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it serves two purposes when you deposit rings in the vault. One is to gain access to a platform and end the stage. That's the main goal. What's the other? I don't remember. As you as you deposit rings, something else happens that not many people are aware, perhaps. It doesn't start the reels that kicks off the knight's bonus game, does it? I don't know. You tell me. I was asking, is, 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 is Steve, Sam, you played Sonic Adventure? It's, that's I, not the one with the pets, is it? Where you get the little... Yeah, the, 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 the chow. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It annoys me that they're called chows because it's KO, like Chaos Emerald, KO, <laughs> and yeah. yet it changed to chow. That's bothered me forever anyway. Um, it's not um, nothing to do with them, is it? Like I, I remember, I've got this memory of having, a, you, you had a little garden of them, and the more you collected, they kind of hung out there. Yeah, sometimes it, I used to boot it up just to hang out in that garden with all my little chaos. And your and your action mandals. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I I don't think it's KO related. I don't think no. they're Chow related. Um, I don't think they would they would pin it all into one level like that. Um, maybe I'm wrong again. You know what? I remember nothing other about that game other than the the chows or the chaos. So so. I'm fairly sure that the Knights pinball game is in that area because the whole casino pinball thing is kind of the, the same sort of theme. It is, yes. Um, but I don't know whether or not you need to I, I think I thought rings. you could just use it. Um, I thought there's two pinball machines in there that you yeah, could just use it. Okay. I I remember this very well. It's four hundred rings you have to put in there so you can climb out, isn't it? Yeah. Or does it just give you an emblem? Because I got all of the emblems in Sonic Adventure, which is disappointing because it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um. Or maybe it maybe it does, but not. In Sonic Two, it does. Yeah, Sonic Adventure. Sonic Adventure Two, Green Hills, and that took me forever, and I was so proud when I finally did that. But the first one, um. So, what does it do? Collecting all the rings or more rings, depositing them in the vault. Does it trigger a party or something? You get like fireworks or. I think I we've know. got to go with something, haven't we? I don't <laughs> think it's to do with the chaos. It's just, yes. just silence on the line. Uh, so yeah. remind, remind us what you said the first thing that it does. is It does two things. So it's it's just uh, you uh, gain access to a platform where yeah, you co either collect the, the Chaos Emerald or in later uh, plays of the, that level, you get a, a capsule, uh, like the egg capsule, okay. to end the sage. Well, the only suggestion we got so far is Tim's that it enables the Knight's pinball machine, isn't it? Because other than that, I'm, I'm yeah, lost. That's either that in or an emblem. Yeah. Yeah, I, but then again, I, I don't think they would have... That was quite easy to find, and I don't think they would hide that behind getting every single ring. I think maybe, we should go with pinball machine. Maybe it's a very is, specific answer. Yeah, maybe this is something I never actually did unless it was required, and it probably wasn't. Mm -hmm. So, not, not this. Not... Not the fireworks, no. 
I don't know where that's come from out of my mind. I feel like there's something <laughs> that goes on at like a party or the music changes mm-hmm. or the environment changes. I, I can't remember. Okay, guys, I, I need an answer. I need an answer. Somebody pinball. else choose. Pinball. Do the pinball. pinball. I think we're going to have to go with that. Night's pinball. Night's pinball. Night's pinball. Yeah. Night pin- pinball. So, that is not the correct answer. I hate to, to break it to you. Uh, you can actually, as I think uh, Steve or Sam said, you can actually access the Knights Pinball table uh, from the start at okay. any point. Uh, the correct answer is when you collect more rings, it helps build a golden sonic statue in the center oh, of the lobby. Of course it does. No. Oh. I'm sorry. I knew it's that. It's easy to miss that. <laughs> When playing as Sonic, but you actually see it when playing as Knuckles, because oh, you can actually break the statue and everything I if you punch that. it in a in a specific place. But when you uh, deposit a certain number of rings in the vault, you can build that Golden Sonic statue that right there in the center of the lobby of the stage. So, no points, but it this was a hard question. So yeah, it should have gone guys. No points, but some great memories. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's time for our third song. Okay? Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's the Nights into Dreams overworld. Yeah, I de- definitely nice into dreams. I didn't say which one it one it is. It's one I, of the I first two levels, isn't it? So is it Claris's level or um the other way, Elliot? Yeah, it's one of the it's the overworld, isn't it? When you're not active as knights and you're walking around the the terrain at the bottom, I think. Or is it the actual first level? I no, I think it's one of the first levels because it's it's um I'm sure the music doesn't change when you uh uh when you go from being Elliot or Claris into knights. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Yeah. It's one of the first levels. Either Spring, uh, is it oh, Spring Valley? Is one of them. Um, I'm trying to think what uh, it's Elliot or Claris's. I'm I'm tempted to say Spring Valley. Um, I don't think does it make a difference whether you choose Elliot or Claris when you start night. Yes, you have you have three different levels, six levels in total, and three is Elliot's and three is Claris's. I thought the, it's the first. I always thought the first level was the same, but I, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm, I'm sorry. I'm making things difficult. I, you know this better than I do. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, let's go with that then. There's, there's Spring Valley and the Splash Garden. I think is Elliot's. I'm tempted to think it's Clarice's level, which is Spring Valley. Okay, let's go. With it. it sounds spring, springful, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, let's go with that. So. Your answer is for game nights into dreams. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and for stage, Spring Valley, Spring Valley. Final answer. Yeah, in the way. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it is nights, so one point. Good job. Good job. Yeah. The song has a title, by the way, called "Paternal Horn." Okay. Mm. Okay. Do you think this is a Spring Valley like title? Uh, or could it be a little splash gardening? <laughs> <laughs> it is Spring Valley. Very good. Yay! Yes. Yes. <laughs> good job. See, well that's done. what I did staying loyal through the Saturn era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turncoats. Yes, very good. It paid this off. Every no question not answered by me. Here. 
<laughs> Every question not answered by me has been a roaring success. <laughs> Seven points so far. We're almost there. You only okay. need three more points. So. Okay. Question seven. Easy or hard, guys? Hard, please. Hard, hard, please. Yeah, we'll stay hard. Yeah, okay. blue pill, please. <laughs> God. Okay. Um, so, hard. Okay, we'll say hard. Uh, so, let's go with... I have a list, by the way. That's why I'm hesitating. I, I have a list of loads and loads of easy and hard questions. Okay. So... Let's go with this one. <laughs> Let's go with the Dreamcast question. My favorite game of all time, Shenmue. Who's played Shenmue here? Yeah, I have. Absolutely one of my favorites too. Okay. In the original Shenmue, how much money did Inesan leave out for Ryo each day? Is it like something like seven hundred yen or something? I thought, well, that's. It is something yen. Yes. I'm just trying to think how many capsules I used to buy every day, trying to get Sonic the Fighters characters from the little vending machine. I and, I, and they I were have... they were a hundred yen each, I think, and I used to be able to buy more than one, I think. Yeah, I'm thinking it's, I, I don't know, I had sort of 700 in my head, but I think it was somewhere between 500 and, it's less than 1,000, I'm pretty sure, and I'd say at least 400, but where we plump in between. I mean, you went for 700 quite quickly. I did, yeah. but that, yeah. was, <laughs> that was quite a visual reaction, I don't know. if. Uh, I think lucky number seven, Just, I think that's, I think we've got to go with that. It, yeah. Let's go with first instinct. Okay. So final seven. answer: seven hundred yen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Tim was right. Uh, each capsule, one hundred yen each. That's what you you pay for the the capsule toys. Uh, hang on. Can, can we change our answer? I don't know. <laughs> I just think seven hundred seven is quite a weird number, isn't it? Wouldn't it be like? Round like five hundred or a thousand. Does um, seem like more? So let, less chance seven, to change. Is that it's, it's an it's odd number? It, but then, is it, does Japanese culture follow the same rules as we do in terms I, I, of? What... I, I think we might be putting a bit too much importance on what falls out of my head immediately. <laughs> <laughs> going going on past experiences, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is normally not to be trusted. <sighs> I'm gonna say five hundred because it's more. Five is a round, isn't it? It's not a thousand. I'm pretty sure it's not a thousand. So last chance, final answer. Yeah. Okay. Let's go five hundred. Five. Five hundred. Yeah. Are you sure, Sam? Yeah. You yeah, in? Yeah. No, I'm in. Let's, in, in for yeah, a penny, in for five hundred yen. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. About the same thing, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> five hundred yen. How do you feel if I told you that it was 700 yen? I'd say you're lying. Furious. <laughs> I'd be incandescent with rage. <laughs> it's 500 yen. Oh, yes. Good yes. job. <laughs> nice save. Go on, Ryu. <laughs> I'm gonna, from now on, Steve, I'm going to ask you to do all of your articles twice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's time for the last song. 
Okay. The last song, though, is reversed. Mm. Okay. okay so it's a 10-second so, so, long so, clip. So is, so is my warped mind. Okay. So maybe it's easier then. Yeah. Let's take a listen to the, the, the clip in reverse. Uh, that is Sonic, Sonic Adventure, Adventure first level. Yeah, it is. What's the level called? It's the one with the whale. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Um, uh, you, you don't need the name of the level if you just tell me oh, which. You know, if Sonic, you... Sonic Adventure level one. Level one. Okay, that's the Oh, one. yeah. Oh, okay. oh no, which, no, no, which no, 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 oh, no, 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 hold on. First action could... stage. Yeah, because you could argue that level one is your first uh, your um, fight with Chaos Zero. Yeah. So it's the first action stage first of Sonic action the Hedgehog. Stage. It's Sonic the Hedgehog. So it actually is always your first action stage because you you need to start as Sonic. So yeah, it is the first one. Okay, so that's your your answer. Emerald Coast. Is that it? Emerald Coast. Emerald yeah. Coast. Emerald yeah. Coast. Yeah. Okay. So you you're sure this is Sonic Adventure Emerald Coast? Yes. That doesn't sound very sure. <laughs> but okay. Final answer. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Shall we listen to the song not in reverse then? To see Please. if you're right? Yeah. Okay. Let's take a listen. Oh. No, and it on. is correct. It is. Oh. Yes. Oh. You couldn't I change thought... it anyway. But it That's is fine. correct. I just, had a, I, I just had a, all of a sudden had a feel that it might have been Windy Valley. But then Windy no, Valley a, actually uses music from Sonic 3D Blast. So, or Sonic exactly. 3D Flicky Island. Part, so part of that. it, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so good job. Two points. And that means, guys, you got 11 points already. So you're in the clear. Excellent. And Woo. we have two questions left. So that means you could we could get, get like a, a record-breaking score here. Oh. Because I, I don't think anyone's got gotten these many points so easily i think wow so let's see question nine is the last one you can pick between a, an easy or hard question because uh, number 10 is always hard we might as well stay hard boys yeah all yeah. in yeah all in on the yeah. heart yeah definitely <laughs> okay <laughs> okay let's go with a, a, another uh topic here um are you familiar with Wonder Boy. No. No. Okay. Nope. In that case, the question is, in stage four of Streets of Rage 2, the baseball stadium, which of the following options is a sentence that you can see in the background? Okay. So, mm -hmm. stage four of Streets of Rage 2. Is it option A? It's like Boo. Option B, Dodgers forever. Option C, play ball. Oh, it might be play ball. What was the first I, option? Yeah. It's like boo. It's, it's like, like boo. boo. That rings a strange bell. With, a, well. with an exclamation mark. Yeah, I th I don't know. Play ball is just like the kind of generic thing you'd expect to see in the background of a game, isn't it? Play ball but, also, yeah. also has an exclamation point at the end. 
I kind of feel like it's the first one because Sega did a lot of weird stuff like that, like Sonic One prototype before it was released. Um, Spring Yard Zone had things like Cope written in the background, like yeah. like like really odd words and spelling mistakes, and it's like boo, like you said, Steve rings a bell for some reason yeah it rings a boo for some reason <laughs> oh huh. yeah I'm, t- I'm tempted to say that huh. as well because yeah as you say that if it stands out it's i only really wondering if maybe it stands out for a completely different reason has he thrown it in there because it's in another yeah this david chat's a tricky it. fella he is a slippery thank you one isn't he yeah <laughs> but uh i try yeah again, i don't know I played Streets of Rage two an awful lot. I feel like I would have noticed that. Do you do you remember this stage? When you say baseball stadium, that's not ringing any bells for some reason. There's a baseball stadium. Yeah, it's the one that, that when you stand on the uh, center circle, whatever it's called, it sort of yeah. descends downwards, doesn't it? Down to the exactly. Uh, There's like an elevator, like a. Yeah. I yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna say it's like the. Yeah, I am going to say the same. Sam, final yeah, answer. I'll go with you guys. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. know. That was just a guess on my part. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Final so, answer. Yeah. Option yeah. A, it's like boo. Yeah. 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 Okay. Another, another sentence in that particular level is do exclamation point baseball exclamation point, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that's also there. And you say the other one is it's like boo. Yeah. It is like boo. Indeed. Uh, yes. Wow. Two points. Well Woo-hoo. done. Oh, Good job. Are... I don't know what this means, but it's it's in, in there. Yes. Yeah. They did lots of stuff like that. Weird translation er- errors. Yeah. Okay. Good job. Good job. Okay. So it's time for our final question. For uh, you, you have the, the, the chance of getting 15 points. I don't think anyone's got 15 points ever. So then again, I don't think anybody's come on this quiz and guessed every single answer and got really lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're going to go with um, a Sonic Mania question. Uh, Yeah, I love that game. Okay, so Sonic Mania for our final hard question. What is the name of the mysterious and powerful gemstone that appears in both Sonic Mania and Sonic Forces? And can be used to distort time and space. Ah, uh, dear. So there's a, a gem. If you remember the game. Yeah, I didn't right? like the way it tied into forces at the end. That upset me greatly. Um, oh, what's it called? So, Time Stones is Sonic CD. The Chaos Emeralds and everything else, apart from... The one with Blaze in it, whether there's Soul Stones, I think, or something to do with the sun. So what are they called? What is that particular? It's like the Time Stone or the Warp Stone. I can't I would have just gone with Chaos Emerald, but that's got to be wrong. Um, I assume it's not uh, the only other one I think of. There's the uh, Master Emerald, but that's not... That's no, three and knuckles, isn't it? Yeah, they kept it back because it's it's a it's a unique plot point, like on its own. Yeah, Master Emerald. 
think it's I think so. I'm tempted to say like the warp stone because I think it's responsible for uh isn't there like a, a I don't know. So I thought it had it. So it can be used to distort time and space. I think it's I think it's the warp I think it's warp something. I really what? can't remember. Wasn't there one that was a, a different thing though, not an emerald, but like um, a different precious stone, like a ruby or? Not that I can think of. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just can't think of. Yeah, it was time stones in Sonic CD. They weren't emeralds in that. They were. I'm pretty sure it's the soul soul stones in Sonic Rush. I think it was where we had Blaze. The cat when they started putting loads of ridiculous characters into the franchise and killing it dead completely. Um, sorry, just throwing so out some shade there to make some of your fans <laughs> aggravated. Um, <laughs> I'm going to need an answer, guys. I'm going to say the warp stone or the warp crystal. It's one of the two. The warp stone or the warp crystal. So which guys, one? guys, do you do you think it could yeah. be one of them? Warp I haven't stone. got any opposing ideas to be honest. So I'm, I'm going to say go I'm going to say the warp crystal. The warp yes. crystal. Final answer. Yeah. So it's yes. not the soul stone or soul emeralds as they were in Sonic Rush. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah. It's not the chaos emeralds either. Even though you do find the chaos emeralds in, in the game. You do. It's the Phantom Ruby. Someone said something I, about I, rubies. Okay. I nev never would have got Phantom, though. I just had a feeling it was a different gem. Okay. But yeah. I'm so yes. sorry, Steve. So, so sorry. <laughs> oh, I, I wouldn't have got Phantom anyway, so it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> but well done. Great job. 13 points. I think it's uh, a high score uh, as well, either way. I think that the max number of points anyone's gotten is 12, I think. I, I could be wrong, but... Amazing. This was an amazing game. Good job, guys. You get yes. the official Sega Lounge seal of approval. Well done. That's, that's all we came here for. Yes, yep. yes. Yep. It, it is a real thing. I will send it to Tim uh, after we're done here. So, awesome. Yes. Uh, it is a real seal of approval. Awesome. Okay. So, thank you very much for, for doing your best and being such good sports here on, on the Sega Lounge. So, before we go... Let's just talk a little bit more about Sega Mania. So we're into issue three now. It's yeah. out there, right? Yeah. Um, you just announced something, a little bit of, uh, of exclusive news during the, the challenge, but would you like to tell us uh, again, Tim, what's coming in issue four? Yeah. Uh, so the big uh, thing about issue four is we're going to have a complete redesign. Um taking everything we've learned so far and, and cleaning everything up and taking some of the feedback on board. Uh, we're going to be increasing the number of pages. Um, so it's going to go, we haven't finalized the, the page count yet, but it's going to be over 80 pages. So we're going, going to be going to a much larger magazine. And um, the most exciting thing, and in, in, this is the first that anybody has heard this, is that um, Duncan Gutteridge, who did the official box art for uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, on the Mega Drive uh, and a few other uh, franchises has agreed to do our cover art for issue four. Um, so Excellent. that's going to be really exciting. Um, so we're working with him and uh, it's going to be a, a really, really nice uh, cover for that issue, plus the redesign, plus the increased page sizes. It's just going to be so much more from us and in such better quality. So we, we just can't wait to get that issue out. And 
we're looking probably around January, uh, February for that for that hitting store shelves. Well, well, digital store shelves, but yeah, <laughs> figuratively speaking. Yes, yeah. yes, and in doorsteps all around the yeah. world. Yes, yes. Okay, so how can people find uh, Sega Mania magazine? How can people get it? How can people get their their grubby hands on an issue or uh, all the we, issues of Sega Mania? We sell them all through our website, which is www.sega-mania.com. Um, and you can uh, purchase issues really easily on there. We accept every payment method you can think of. Um, we've got back issues on there and um, we have subscriptions as well. Uh, so there's lots of different ways you can get a hold of it. And if you can't get a hold of it, say you live in a country that we haven't started shipping to yet, you can find our email address on the website, send us a message and we'll fix that and, and sort that out for you. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So uh, something that may interest our, our many of our listeners is you do ship to other countries, so to yes. outside the UK. Um, I'm, I'm going to say I'm in the EU, so I've uh, gotten no issues with uh, receiving my my issues of, of Sega Mania. Cool. Um, no, like, customs taxes or any kind of problem at all, and they actually arrive pretty quickly here. So uh, yeah. I'm assuming everyone's got that, that same... Uh, yeah, we, uh, as well? we are uh, e we are registered for VAT in the EU. So if you live in the European Union, um, you pay a small VAT charge on checkout on our website. It, it's it's like something like ninety cents on top of a on top of the cop, uh, price of the magazine. It's just shame that we have to charge that. But mm -hmm. this this country made a stupid decision. Um, uh, and um, yeah, and um, because we do that and we're registered, we put a proper customs form on there and it, it will go straight through. You won't be charged any customs charges at all. Excellent. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't know that when I uh, ordered uh, my first uh, number of Sega Mania and it was a pleasant surprise. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was Excellent. listening to um, an earlier episode of the Sega Lounge where um, uh, Dean from Sega Powered came on and he was talking about his experience with the EU and it, it, it's not fun what we have to do, but we put a lot of time and, and research and money into it to make sure that uh, everyone in Europe can still get a hold of the magazine without any problems. It should just go straight to your door. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's much appreciated. Uh, so obviously, uh, issue four will be uh, 1993. So yep. we'll we'll get that. And you already told us that you usually don't say what's inside, but it's, you know, Think about games from 1993 and you get a, a picture, yeah. a good picture of what's coming. But uh, issue three is now out. So people listening to this episode can now get uh, issue number three. Can you tell us a little bit, like a few hints of what they can expect from the current issue of Sega Mania? Uh, obviously, you've got the cover CD and we have our regular features, uh, such as sort of um, Simon takes you on a journey of what was happening in uh, 1992. Um, we've got some stuff about a Sega Saturn uh, translation of a game called Bulk Smash, which is quite exciting. Um, the reviews, uh, we've got a big Sonic the Hedgehog 2 piece in there. Um, things like uh, Tasmania's covered. Uh, 
what else is in there, guys? Come on, help me out. My mind's gone blank. <laughs> um, I just think uh, we've got a couple of new writers. As uh, yeah, of know, course, loads, yeah. loads more of the content. I think um, as we've sort of alluded to over the course of the the entire podcast, I, you know, it it gets more refined and you know a little bit better every time that we do it. So it's I think the general quality is improving as well. So people have got that to look mm-hmm. forward to. Uh, yeah, a bit of uh, there's the, we've got the. Uh, the Christmas features, haven't we? A bit of a look at Christmas uh, gaming around Christmas time. What came, yeah. what came out? Uh, so there's a bit of a festive element to uh, to the magazine, uh, right? Right, you know, just in time as the as the buzz for Christmas starts. Uh, and yeah. Steve's done a fantastic yeah. piece on Echo the Dolphin. Uh, you might learn a few things about that that you never that I certainly never knew before. Uh, quite a creepy piece. Um, yeah, it, it's a <laughs> yeah. it's a big issue for reviews. There is, is I think, yeah. something, something like thirty five game reviews in that issue. Um, one or two, uh, one or two guest columns as well. Uh, yeah, we've got, uh, interviews. Couple, yeah, a couple of guest columns, a few interviews. So yeah, it, it's it, every issue is getting more, as Sam said, more and more refined. Um, um, but there's so much more that we want to do, and that's why we're going to be yeah. increasing the page count, and we're not going to fill it with adverts or empty white space. We're going to just give people more and more uh, of what they love yeah it's um yeah it's a good like when we read through it like obviously the last thing we do is 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 read the whole thing in a pdf to you know get those last minute typos and all that kind of thing and of course we we think all the magazines are pretty good but reading this one it's like god we've really done a good job of this one it's absolutely packed with stuff so we really hope that um that the people who, who buy it and, and we really appreciate appreciate all of them uh it's certainly getting a lot of bang for their buck and we just really hope that everybody enjoys it because it's uh, like tim says absolutely packed uh this issue and we're all really proud of it so excellent uh, yeah and i have to say the cover cd is worth the uh the price of the mag alone it's absolutely brilliant isn't it tim it's been it's been in my car yeah. since uh, uh since it arrived on my uh on my doorstep and uh myself and my daughter have been bopping along to it every day for a week yeah, it's, it's 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 definitely definitely worth checking out. I mean, I I I I'm still listening to it daily at the moment. It's fantastic. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, definitely worth checking out. So people can get it by going to uh, the website, right? Yeah. Um, it's uh, I don't know. This is something I probably need to edit out, but uh, there's a, a sale going on right now. Is it just uh, like a Black Friday sale for issue no, two? No, no. Um, issue two uh, is um, we actually um, ordered way too many copies. Um, and so uh, we've got uh, not a surplus. They still sell all the time, but we've got quite a lot of them. And I just thought, you know, now that issue three's come out, um, there's some people who are only just joining us now. And we thought, well, by making issue two a little cheaper, um, it gives them an, e- uh, an easier way to sort of, sort of uh, get some of our earlier earlier work uh, issue one unfortunately is sold out at the moment but you can register your interest on the website and as soon as we get uh, a certain amount of people registering their interest we will print some more of them and they'll be available for sale mm-hmm. great that's great so sega-mania.com check it out yeah. people uh all you know all, everything about the magazine is there uh, there's a blog as well by the way as well there, there's discord right guys yeah if people can join so all the links will be in the show notes as well. Before we wrap up, we ha- I have a final question, but do you guys want to say anything else about Sega Mania? Anything to people listening in who are, you know, just learning about the magazine, considering should I just buy this or not? Uh, first off, I would just like to say to everyone, 
to everyone who has bought already, just thank you so much for uh, putting your faith in us. Um, it, it's massively, uh, um, it's just amazing to, to have the support that we've got. Um, we get lots of emails and messages uh, full of kind words and it's really appreciated. Um, and to anyone who uh, is is join, uh, joining us for the first time, um, we really hope you enjoy it. And, you know, we welcome any feedback that you have. We're not some big corporate company. We're just a bunch of guys doing our best. And, you know, we're always open to, to chat to people and have conversations about uh, what we can change or new features or what we can do better. So, you know, please jump on board and, and, and get involved. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, just to sort of, uh, well, uh, just a message to, to anybody who's already picked it up and anybody who might be thinking about picking it up, um, an awful lot of hard work goes into it. So uh, we really hope that shines through. Um, as Tim says, it's, uh, you know, we're a small operation, really. It's just, just a, a handful of us trying to do it around, you know, kids and jobs and everything else. Um, but we're, we're all really dedicated to it. And um, yeah, we just really hope that the, all the effort that gets put into it, uh, you know, is comes through for people and it just that you continue to enjoy reading it because like we say we've got just we just got had some amazing feedback um and we just really appreciate everybody that's that's come on board with us excellent well done i, I was a fan of the magazine uh before i joined the writing staff so i uh, i was already uh, uh well into its um uh, uh, advantages of, of having physical media of reliving those days of being able to hold a sega magazine in your hand and and take something other than your toilet uh, your phone to the toilet for a change <laughs> <laughs> give your eyes a break people yeah yes of course <laughs> print media is um, coming back in a big way <laughs> <laughs> yes it's time to bring back the magazine rack in the toilet yeah also, I think the pages are probably thicker than two-ply toilet paper. So, you know, if you, if you want some luxury while you are... Uh... It's the perfect magazine to defecate to. Yes. <laughs> and with. <laughs> I think that should be your new slogan. Your new tech yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Give away some toilet roll on the next cover. <laughs> Actually, the way the world is right now, that probably would be more appreciated. Than a yeah, that's would, a luxury yes. item right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So my final question is always the same. It's, um, are you familiar with blast processing? Yep. It's totally yeah. fictional, but I love it. Doesn't matter. Let's say it's real for a moment. <laughs> okay. Okay. And if you could add blast processing to anything in the world, what would it be and why? So the trouble I have is actually I want to slow things down in my life. I don't want to speed anything up. The world is going by far too quickly, and I'm getting older by the minute, downhill with the wind behind me. So uh, I actually would like to take blast processing out of everything apart from my wonderful Mega Drive. So maybe maybe you could blast process yourself. <laughs> we'll just get older faster. Reverse blast process. <laughs> Reverse blast process. Or if you were moving faster, Steve, everything would seem slower. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, I suppose relativity and all comes into my, it. Okay. All right. My, so myself then is my answer. I'd brass processing to myself. My, my, my answer is going to be something really lame, and I would just like to put blast processing into the Sega Mania shipping process so we could get them out to people faster. <laughs> what a great answer! I was yeah. going to say self-service checkouts at the supermarket. <laughs> I hope Don't that's an acceptable. I, I think the people who voice those were thrown off of uh, children's programs. They're always so patronising, aren't they? Yeah, I get an yeah. inferiority complex every time I have to deal with one of them. 
it is frustrating. <laughs> it is frustrating. I, I, I'll give you that. That's it. Yeah, good answers. Good answer, guys. So thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, thank you for uh, enduring through that, that Sega Lounge challenge, that torture, and, and actually doing so well. And all the best for, for Sega Mania and, and all future issues. I, I can't wait to, to read them all. Thank you so much. It's, uh, I'm sure I speak for all of us when I say it's been an absolute pleasure and a lot yeah. of fun. And pain. Yeah. yeah. In equal measure. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit more of pain, I think. But well, yeah. that's how we like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was great fun. I do hope you guys enjoyed that. And let's all take a moment to appreciate how Tim, Sam and Steve did on the Sega Lounge challenge. That was honestly quite impressive. Big thanks to the guys for joining me this week. And remember, you can go to sega-mania.com right now and order all past issues of the magazine and even pre-order the great-looking issue 4 with cover art by Duncan Guttridge. And it's about time we wrap up things for the week. Next week, we'll be celebrating the 30th anniversary of Toe, Jam & Earl with contributions from some of our community homies. And for our final episode, we'll be celebrating another big 3-0 anniversary. That's right, we're closing off the season with a tribute to Sonic the Hedgehog. I hope you join us for both of those episodes. Thank you so much for listening, have a great week, and I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. The Sega Lounge. Hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. Follow us on Twitter at thesegalounge and like us at facebook.com slash thesegalounge. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Mixed on Productions podcast.